Welcome to the Zen Collective's Soulful Pep Talks, a conscious coming together of hearts and minds to inspire, uplift, and keep it real with your host, Prudence Proctor. Welcome to Soulful Pep Talks. This is episode 15, and I bet you didn't think that I'd be back so soon after three months of not recording anything and now having two podcasts within the space of a week. Um, when things flow, they flow. And also, too, just when I feel guided and pulsed to connect with, with other humans for whatever reason, I just get a message, connect with them. There's a, there's a message that needs to be shared. I've learnt from many years of saying yes to myself that there is always benefit from following that guidance. So here I am. And perfect timing as a car comes past for Sonny. Um, this is the beautiful Sonny <laughs> from Soulful, uh, no, Soul Conversations. I was into Soulful Pep Talks then. And, yes. <laughs> and I met Sonny a few years back through some woman's work. And from that, I, I always say that Sonny was the gift that I received through all of that amongst many other women um, that I can name on both of my hands. But I just really felt like of all the women that I've met on their personal journey, as well as from a business aspect, I mean, yours just blends so beautifully into your life. It's almost like if you want to meet someone that lives and breathes what they do, um, it's definitely you, Sonny. And what I love and what I'll obviously invite you to share with those listening is just a bit about your journey of where you got to now in relationship to your business and, and soul conversations and also the process of really refining what it is that you were here to bring to the world through that business. Mm. Uh, Cause we can get very sidetracked thinking that we want to be everything for everyone. And, and then we miss actually our true calling, like our core, our core, core calling um so to speak so as i mentioned sonny is the founder owner facilitator channel guide of soul conversations and she offers a many services but what we're going to speak to today as what i feel is what i'm feeling to be guided to to chat about is um the archetypal training and the archetypal work that sonny does with her clients and through group group um, courses as well. So, Sonny, just would love for you to bring your voice to the space, introduce yourself, and just to share with those listening just a little bit about your background and what it is that guided you towards really starting to own, I guess, that gift of being able to read archetypally those, those personalities that we all have. It's almost like what I say, we're all schizophrenic. Mm. We've, got to, <laughs> we've got many personalities <laughs> all playing out in very different, very varying forms. Um, so yeah, welcome and thank you for taking the time, even as you sit on the side of the road in New Zealand across the waters. <laughs> uh, how else would we do it? It's fantastic. Talk about mobile um, business, you know. Um, this is, this is the, uh, the beautiful piece of uh, doing anything anywhere in life, being able to move around you, you know, um, and you being able to move with life. Um, thanks, Prue. Thanks for creating this space for um, the work that you do. Um, from one soul sister to another in complete gratitude and also for um, reaching out and asking me to be part of this. It's a um, real privilege to be able to share this work with people. Um, I guess in terms of where, uh, what my journey has been to this point in terms of the archetypal work, um, I'm giggling because uh, I just had this conversation the other day and it was about um, someone had asked me exactly the same thing and what actually happened was um, I thought I was enrolling on a medical intuition course with Carolyn Mace. <laughs> I still to this day do, do not know what happened, <coughs> but I was, I was on a sacred contracts course. And, um, uh, you know, I'd had some, um, I kind of went into it. I, I was in a job, uh, doing a job that I hated. I woke up every morning going, oh, you know, dreading going to work. And then while I was at work, I clock watched the whole time watching the clock to see when I was going to finish and I was gone home one day and I was listening to a talk between Carolyn Mace and Oprah Winfrey on a soul session and uh, Oprah said to her how do you know if you're betraying yourself and she said oh you usually dread getting up in, morning, in the morning um, dread going going to work and then when you're at work all you're thinking about is going home again <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> oh my goodness that is me 
Oh, and I knew, I knew I was betraying myself and um, I knew something greater was calling me, even though I might not have known at that point, what was it? So I actually quit. I handed up my notice. Um, I left a few weeks later and I enrolled in what I thought was medical intuition and later found out was sacred contracts and my journey started. So it's been, um, you know, I think there's some things you know, when we line up with our destiny, that no matter what we do, um, it shows up, it happens, you know. Like I said, I thought I was enrolling in a completely different course. I still don't know how that happened, but here we are. This was this was destined on my path, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I this work has just been um, incredible, not only for me personally, but also for all of those um, other wonderful souls that get to be part of this and that. Um, have their lives touched by it as well mm. and you know when you said yes to your medical intuition aka Carolyn Mason's <laughs> archetypes training how much of um, from what you learnt to then being able to embody and integrate it yourself like how long did for you I mean we're always integrating to different degrees and levels but how much for you did you sort of step away and and just focus on you and the integration of those archetypes within your life and your sacred contracts. Actually, stop there. For those mm-hmm. listening, actually, I feel like I want to actually just ask, so for those listening, some of them might not actually understand what an archetype is and how it plays out. Um, mm-hmm. Would you be able to just, from a, you know, 101 in archetypes, mm-hmm. just share what actually is an archetype and how do we know um, archetypally how it's playing out in life? How do we identify that? Mm. So really, in really super simple terms, an archetype is a universal pattern of behaviour, basically, Mm. um, that stays the the same no matter kind of um, geography, um, culture, um, boundaries, gender. Um, Archetypal patterns will play out collectively. You know, and we, we speak archetypes all the time and we don't know we're doing it. Um, you know, someone will say, oh my gosh, he's such a, a princess or wow, he's got really warrior spirit in him, you know, and we, we say this all the time or she's, she's the caregiver or oh my God, the rescuer, you know, so we actually speak archetypes and we, we sense archetypes in ourselves and others all the time. It's just now actually understanding uh, the language of all of that and being able to learn to speak that fluently. So, you know, while you might be think, thinking that something you might not know about, you'll be surprised at what you actually already embody around that. And I guess, you know, the difference between, um, I had a student turn up on a course once and she said, oh, you know, I've, I've worked with archetypes before. I'm like, great, fantastic. Um, we got into week one, week two, and she went, mm, I haven't worked with archetypes like this before <laughs> um, or in this way. And... Um, so it was really beautiful. She was incredibly open to learning, which was, um, you know, amazing. Um, but it means that, you know, what we're really looking for here in your family of 12, because we have a, a family of 12 that we come in with, so um, 12 archetypes particular to you. And within that family, you're really looking for lifelong patterns. And you'll see stuff that's played out time and again and you've probably said oh my god I thought I dealt with this already or Mm. you'll have a natural gravitational pull towards teaching or a natural gravitational pull towards healing or um, mentoring uh, or rescuing people being the one who's there in terms of uh, crisis when people need support in crisis you know there'll be you'll see there'll be such a strong pull inside you towards that pattern in life. So, you know, we have archetypes that visit us from time to time for small periods of time, but we have our core family of 12 and we we are really looking to identify where they're showing up across the history of our lives, you know, and, and obviously they help us understand what we're moving towards as well. Mm. And that would bring me then to my second question around this is, with that understanding of that universal pattern or behaviour that we we come into this life with, where where does the sacred like what's a sacred contract mm-hmm. and in relationship to these behaviours and patterns? 
Mm. So I believe we make agreements about, we, we uh, make divine ag- agreements with the divine about the lessons we choose for learning in this lifetime. Mm. So archetypally, in terms of the pattern, we're bound to that. So that is why they're called sacred contracts. It's like, you know, at a physical level here on earth, we have contracts for all sorts of things that set out the terms and conditions by which we agree to engage in something or to exchange something. Mm. The same is going on at a at a sacred level, at a at a divine level. Our soul chose lessons for growth in this lifetime, and when we can uh, understand our archetypes and start to decode that language, we know what lessons are showing up in what aspects of our lives. So we can start to um, hone our conscious awareness to understanding that and identifying what it is that's actually trying to emerge through us, because lessons are only about us learning about our own personal and spiritual power about that opening up and emerging through us and our shadows um you know i'm 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 big on shadows i believe we need to really really embrace them and bring them in close and love them up and get really honest about them and i think they're equally as important as the light aspects our strengths as well and our our light and um so the archetypes allow you to do this they allow you to bring those two aspects of yourself um, into the conscious awareness and then work with those patterns. I would completely agree with that. I've done Sonia's level one course post, uh, post birth of Elijah. It was sort of a gift that I gave to myself when Elijah was six months and I just felt like my brain cells were coming back together <laughs> of use. And um, it was really, uh, again, like you step in really just for self-discovery and self-recovery. And what I realized is what I stepped into and then what I found in the process, as soon as you identify one of the patterns, and again, like Sonny mentioned, the light and the shade, everything's got light and shade. It's, we live in a, a world and universe of duality. And when you're really comfortable with being able to go there, even it's sort of like you don't want to put your hand up. And there's some things, and I remember, Sonny, you were like, we really had to prove to you that we could claim those archetypes as our own. And what I find hilarious is you're like, you know, you're, you're proving something that isn't that desirable. You're just like, <laughs> but I, you know, like for instance, um, I remember that when I was sort of trying to prove, well, I was proving my holy fool, that my holy fool was part of my archetypes. And you know, and I really had to say, yeah, because I have a pat- I had a pattern of um, using my humour as a safeguard so that people couldn't hurt me, and I, I named all these situations and experiences in my past that were really, you know, vulnerable times, and they were really sort of created this pattern of self-defence in a way, like using my humour as armour. But at the same time, mm. I was able to sort of access. Access high. I wouldn't want to say hierarchy, but I could definitely access multitudes of, of different hierarchies of people within business, or whether it be in the school ground, or whether it be mm-hmm. within travelling. I just, I could always sort of blend in or make my make my way in, and and I've you know my holy fool allowed me to do that, um, mm-hmm. and and also to the truth speaker that the holy fool has this sort of ability mm-hmm. to speak truth and it's sort of to land with people in such a way. Um, but then obviously the shadow of that is being too harsh, too truthful and sort of not, and I guess also brushing it away with humour and not really understanding the effect of your words and your impact of your mm. words. So, yeah, I remember just sort of <laughs> claiming that and you're like, yeah, some of these things you don't particularly want to, you know, they're not badges of honour when you're claiming that shadow, but also when you claim it for yourself, you allow you allow yourself to soften into that part of you and it's not you, it's just a behaviour and it's just a, mm. it is just a habit that you've acquired and um, through whatever means or self-defence or protection or safety. But the moment you actually claim that for yourself without attachment, it sort of surrenders itself to you as well at the same time that you can step into the light aspect of it a lot more easily and you can identify it straight away it shows up sort of when it's in your present awareness, you really see the pattern show up in your life 
um, very quickly mm-hmm. to be seen and to be able to move through it in a different way than naturally you might have done in the past. Um, that's just my one experience with one of my archetypes in, in claiming it for myself and just really being able to identify that pattern. But it's, it's not easy because, like you said, we have moments of what we could go, oh, but I sort of like this and I'm sort of like that and I'm sort of like this, but it's, it's not strong enough as a, as a lifelong pattern to really be mm-hmm. one of those 12, um, 12 archetypes. So, it, you know, there's such depth to it and there's so many layers to it. It's, it's like mm-hmm. a Narnia. I can tell you now it is like a Narnia, mm-hmm. but a really fun <laughs> Narnia to go there when you're, you become the witness to your own life. So you, you have that bird's eye view and, and that's what I love about this. So speaking, speaking of your own journey, though, in regards to archetypal, where, where did you feel you had to move through within your own relationships with your archetypes before you felt you could actually bring this work to the world and support others? Oh, my gosh. My saboteur in my second house has absolutely um, been uh, my greatest teacher in my chart and, and the one I've had to work with the most. I mean, the second house, you know, is all about value. Um, so ultimately self-value, self-worth, right? Um, and, you know, where I sabotage and undermine, it's the house of talents as well, where I sabotage and undermine uh, my value, my talents, my skills. And I've had to work at um, being very conscious of my saboteur and the the myriad of ways that it was showing up that actually were, you know, undermining and poking a hole in my own boat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had to come to terms with it. You know, the beauty of this is, it gave me the coordinates so I knew ah, in that area of my life I have my saboteur and saboteur is about the power of making um, it's about the guardian of choice and you know it causes change in your world and also the, the change that we fear because of um, what it's going to require of us and on some level my soul knew you know, this is a whole nother level of integrity for you, Son. You know, you're going to have to true up in ways that you haven't done yet. And um, to be able to offer this work in the world, you know, uh, that had to happen inside of me. But because I knew what I was working with inside my chart and I knew my saboteur was in my second house, um, I could bring the power of choice to those moments in really powerful ways. Um, you know, and, and consciously actively working with my self-value and watching for where um, I was sabotaging myself and how I was going about doing that and I still you know still to this day I'll, I'll catch it and I'll go yep that's me not valuing my skills and abilities that's me um, lacking self-worth there and it's not that um, it's not about giving myself a hard time but it's just about recognizing are oh, there you are okay got ya and and now I choose again mm, because, mm. The, you know, the, the, the opportunity for growth only ever exists in the now moment, mm. you know, and nine times out of 10, we're cleaning up stuff of the past to be able to make those, to alchemize the moment and create new choices and allow our power to emerge. So my saboteur is definitely, I, you know, I have had to do the hard yards <laughs> archetype to find my own way through to be able to bring this work to the world and you know I couldn't deny that um, you know given how it had come into my world as I explained earlier I could not deny that that uh, I was guided into this you know and I've had to keep just taking one step in front of the other and just keep moving keep moving keep moving and sometimes in complete faith of not really knowing what direction I was going to head in um, but knowing that um, I had to, I was compelled to, and this is again the archetype, the archetypal work. You're compelled. You can't help it. Mm. It is going to happen, you know. So um, it's about how to how to move with that in fluid ways and in ways that um, allow for the more of the ebb and flow and gentleness rather than the um, resistance and and um, rigidity mm. of life. It's so true because for myself, when I, when I landed 
with my 12 and I'm going to speak to the four survival because that's what everyone will be able to relate to listening. Mm. And as you said, they, they hold quite powerful lessons in this lifetime. Um, and equally so, correct me if I'm wrong, but even more so if they sit opposite one another, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I happen to have two of those, um, is it almost became like a roadmap or a mind map or a soul map mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. such on all of those levels, road, mind, soul, sitting on top of one another, sitting in these different energies, whether it be your relationship with self, relationship with other, um, personal values and resources, other people's personal values and resources. And we might even go through some of the, the different um, houses within those 12 because mm. they're really interesting energetically um, because they are pretty much a roadmap of every scenario that can happen within relationship to mm-hmm. self and other in the world around us. Um, but it really became this roadmap for me that when I saw it sitting there in such perfect alignment that I couldn't have even consciously done that myself and it land and I just sort of was like, wow, like now when anything arose for me that felt uncomfortable, like an uncomfortable feeling or it was pushing my, yeah, pushing my truth boundaries, you know, what's my truth, what's someone else's truth, where do I compromise that, where, you know, as you spoke to even there, just your own value system, it allowed me to always go back to it and go, what's, ha- what's happening here? Wh- which area of my life is this happening in now? Where can I identify it? And you start to, the more it happens, the more you actually can start to hone into that pattern. Like I know for me, my, um, my saboteur and my victims sit across from one another and, and so on. What the victim, and in, in you say like the, the saboteur is your um, guardian of choice. The victim is the guardian mm. of self-esteem. Self-esteem. Yeah, mm. and that's a really interesting one because that's certain um, other people's values and resources. Now, I remember when I was doing the, the course, this particular alignment was the first to be seen. Um, situations and scenarios that I've co-created appeared where I started to see mm. a theme of giving too much of myself, my capability over at this at the sake of my own energy and my own actual value system you know i didn't actually have enough to begin with but my habit or behavior was to be over capable over responsible and i would you know sabotage my own sort of time and values in that but what would happen is in relationship to that my victim would then have a great old field day get frustrated and just be like i don't have enough space woe's me everyone needs me (laughs) And it's just like, and I'd listen to this sort of dialogue in my head, like, everyone needs me. Okay, Prue, well, if everyone needs you, how have you created this? And then it was sort of like the penny dropped and I was like, oh, great victim. You've got a belief that you need to be needed. That's really fabulous. Mm -hmm. How's that working out for you? And that's all all in relationship to my self-esteem. You know, this need to be needed, this over-delivery, this overcompensation, and at the sacrifice of your own needs. And then obviously mm. when your needs aren't being met in that way and you're over-delivered, you know, frustration occurs because it's not aligned, it's, it's not balanced. So that for mm. me was just like the roadmap to move through those scenarios and make different choices. And again, as you said, am I making this choice to empower self and power other? And when that was a yes, yes, it was like that's the right choice. And I had to really sit with it and I had to sit through the layers of that because obviously the first layer is reaction like mm. can everyone please fuck off type of thing mm-hmm. and then the second mm-hmm. layer is like accountability okay we'll prove you've sort of co-created this where do you sit in this whole scenario and then the third layer is that conscious action okay what do you want to do about it then what do you want to do differently here and then the next layer was then making the change and mm-hmm. in that, I had enough time sort of, of cleaning up in that that it became refined just in such a short period of time. Um, and this is the beauty of having the roadmap, the soul map, yeah. the mind map, and being able to see it from the bird's eye view downwards um, 
and you move very quickly in that process of the reactive me, I, woes me state to the collective we, how do we move through this? How do I clear this? And how do I make that conscious change so that I don't have to go around in this cycle again? And this is, this is what we speak of, that sort of that, the, the, the cycle that we see ourselves in and when we're conscious of when it occurs and we have the roadmap to go through, we have that, mm. we can approach it in such a way that is conscious, that is very clean, very clear. And what I love for you is that true up, like I always um, associate the saboteur with whether you're in alignment or not, you know, that truing up, as you mm -hmm. said, like I need to true up. But what does that actually look like if I true up? Because it means I'm going to have to change a few things that are going to be uncomfortable to change, you know, change those habits. So can you speak to, to these four survival archetypes, um, what they are? Um, we obviously know that the, the saboteur is the guardian of choice and, and the victim's the guardian of self-esteem. But also speaking around, like, I'm sure there's a collective consciousness of patterning for these. Mm -hmm. um, that can occur, you know, would you be able to speak to these? Because everyone has them and sure. it's, it's really important to understand them. Yeah. <clears throat> so when I spoke about the, you know, we have a family of 12, we all have the four survival archetypes. Um, so they're the victim, the prostitute, the saboteur and a child archetype, although the child archetype will be different for each person. Um, and they are like... Um, you can think of this in two ways, uh, one being the four legs of a table um, where if, if those legs are wobbly, the other eight contracts in your, in your sacred um, 12, the other eight archetypes, actually really haven't got um, much of a chance to fulfill on, on their duties because um, the legs of the table are so wobbly, right? Mm. Um, or you could think of it in terms of a tree where the... the um, Survival archetypes are kind of the trunk and the roots, and if that um, if they aren't healthy and solid, you aren't going to have healthy branches and blossoming fruit and flowers. You know, you aren't going to be able to produce in the way that uh, is written into your potential. That's uh, written into the destiny of those contracts, and you know, so it's incredibly important that you. Um, uh, learn how to be with these four survival archetypes because when situations arise, they will take you out at the knees, you know. Um, you'll, you'll buckle under it because your um, survival is being threatened. And then, you know, it, it becomes um, very difficult to get traction in certain situations. Um, mm. the, the beauty about understanding the four survival archetypes and obviously the others as well, but with, particularly with these four, is um, this is the soul map course that, that I teach is like um, your soul's GPS system. It's like plugging in a sat nav and um, the sat nav going turn right at Wilson Road, you know. It's like uh, the saboteur says, okay, I'm the guardian of choice. Um, I'm going to be tapping you on the shoulder when you're in, um, in threat of sabotaging yourself. Hmm. You know, the... the prostitute will go on the guardian of faith uh, I'm going to be showing up when um, your faith is being tested the um, boundary the, the victim is about self-esteem she also teach about teaches about boundaries which was exactly what you spoke to in your um, sharing of how she showed up in your world of going okay hang on a minute oh you know everybody needs me poor me you know would you all just piss off um, to okay I co-created this then looking at the accountability of, okay, what boundaries do I now need to create um, that are healthier for me so I don't keep perpetuating the situation? So she gives us that coordinate of boundaries as well. Mm. Uh, and they, you know, our boundaries help um, foster our sense of, sense of self-esteem mm. and about what we will and won't tolerate in the world and what's acceptable and unacceptable, what's healthy and unhealthy, you know. So boundaries are incredibly powerful you know and the child archetypes all about the um they're the guardian of innocence and um the power of self-responsibility you know where we don't want to take responsibility for ourselves or for what we're creating or for how our life's showing up where you know the victim will turn into blame and blame somebody else rather than 
look at herself. You know, the child will pass off responsibility and want somebody else to pick up the pieces or do something about it, you know, while they can go and distract themselves or play, you know. Um, so the, the four survival archetypes can play out in many, many ways uh, because archetypes, of course, are extremely dynamic. You know, we're not talking about personality traits here. Um, we're talking about living, breathing, dynamic patterns. So it's different in the sense of we're not just talking about um, strengths and weaknesses. We're talking about how does that duality play out in in any given moment, in any situation. Um, and this is what the Soul Map course does, is it gives you those coordinates. So you knew uh, once you'd done your Soul Map that your victim had shown up in your eighth house. So immediately when that situation arose, that was your reference point. What was going on? Hang on. This is about other people's values and resources and me feeling really like I'm getting really drained here. Mm. You you could look at that in your chart and go, okay, there's my victim. Right. Where am I playing the victim? Um, how This is also too about how we go after others and mm. victimize them. Mm. Um, and then also, so, you know, what would be the most empowered um, boundary I could establish, healthy boundary that I could establish that would help foster my sense of self-esteem? And this is the the one of the most incredible things for me um, as a guide, guiding other people through this work, is to see um, how much we put our power outside ourselves as if life is happening to us. And when we start to understand that ultimately, you know, we go through a process of thinking that um, we happen to life, but ultimately as we evolve, we understand life happens through us, all things simultaneously happening at once. But when you understand your own coordinate, the coordinates of your own sacred contracts, of your own soul map, those are the reference points that you can come back to. And I watch time and again, time and again, where situations arise, and as people become more fluent in this, they see, uh, you know, where they would have placed their power outside of themselves, wanting somebody else to show up differently, wanting them to validate um, them or say or do something differently. And they've locked onto the coordinates inside their soul map and suddenly got, ah, this is my wounded child in my sixth house. Where am I not taking responsibility for how my day-to-day -day activities are playing out, what I'm um, assigning time to uh, how I'm prioritizing my time, what I'm choosing to spend my time doing, you know, so we can be, this is, this is the key really that unlocks this and why for me it sets um, this work apart from so much um, other kind of spiritual development stuff out there or personal development stuff out there because you now have the GPS coordinates to go, okay, I've got my child archetype in my sixth house. My sixth house is about governing my rituals, my, my daily routines, what I cho how I choose to spend my time. Um, my child archetype's about the issues to do with self-responsibility. And you take those two coordinates and, and, and look at what is showing up. And that's where you get the openings. That's where you get the transformation. That's where you're, you understand your own power in terms of how life is showing up. Mm. And it also, I find, you know, you don't have to get it all straight away because it's like you said, there's just so yeah. many layers to it and it just presents itself as you're ready and as you need it to. And I mean, even still to today, I still draw upon that, you know, and we're talking a year and a half on, right? Yeah. And I can still use that as a reference point as you you named it to really just go straight away. And I know that whenever I go there, like I'm a willing participant to move through it. It's almost like even in the action of I'm saying, well, it's not about them. It's not about me. It's about what we've co-created here. And it's just an experience. And, mm -hmm. and it will really show up through the feeling body. Won't it? It usually will show up through that feeling, the, the patterns of feeling because that's its last port of call situation occurs the pattern occurs we go to our strategy and then we end up with the same feeling the same mm. story the same dialogue um there's there's a level of maturity that one needs to be at within their own feeling body and within their own awareness to really get the juice of this work 
I mean, we could go in a sort of a base level of archetypes, but I feel the way, Sonny, in which you hold the space and invite the depth of what's available, there's definitely a maturity of wanting and willing to go there. Um, because there can be a lot of resistance. You know, within being able to sort of name something and, and see it, then there's going to be the excuses and the stories. You know, there's going to be the shadow of that archetype that chooses to show up time and time again. Um, but if you're willing, ready and able, you, you have the tools now to move through it. Um, so there's that, like you said, there's a level of responsibility and accountability to do the work, to move through it and use the tools. Um, the tools are only good as the person that's using them. Um, and that's yeah. just as much with, with this archetypal course um, as any other program that you choose to do. You know, a lot of people might come, Sonny, and because you're so articulate and you're, you've got the ability to see through people, is like, can you just do it for me? Can you, you know, explain it all for mm -hmm. me? But, you know, you've got to teach someone else how to fish to be able to see, to read between the lines, to see it in archetypal language. Um, and then you're unlocking this ability for them to really expand and move on and, um, and not sort of need you in that same way that you do at those initial stages of the, of the course. Um, I just would love for you to, to talk about just the, the 12 houses just briefly um, and just how they sort of, which sort of areas of our life these archetypes can beautifully play their magical roles in. Mm, sure. So um, we call it the houses of the archetypal wheel. So it's like a circle that's divided into 12 segments. Um, it's akin to the astrological um, houses. Uh, so they're governed by a particular um, astrological um, energy, such as, you know, Aries or Pisces or Taurus or those kinds of things. Um, but although in the soul maps we don't use birth dates, we're looking for lifelong patterns, so it's different than astrology. Um, the houses of the archetypal wheel, you know, you'll it, and it's a journey, you know, if you've, anyone knows of Joseph Campbell's work with the hero's journey, it's a journey through the, the, these houses. It's a journey of evolution, a journey of maturing, a journey of understanding and ripening into more of who we are, more authenticity um, as we grow. And you know, so you can start off in kind of house one where you're looking at your identity, your persona, your defense mechanisms, how you get things started in the world. And you'll move on to things like uh, in house two around values and self-value. And of course, all the houses are read across um, as being physically, literally relevant, uh, emotionally, mentally relevant, and then uh, symbolically relevant as well. You know, for instance, in the second house, you would look at money as a literal expression of that. Um, you would uh, look at um, perhaps uh, um, values based on um, integrity might be kind of a mental, emotional aspect of that. And then symbolically, ultimately, all of that is looking at self-worth. Mm. Um, so, you know, you go through um, how you think, how you feel, what your gifts are, your creative energy, what brings you joy in the world, uh, how you govern your day-to-day -day environment and kind of the things that need to get done, uh, how you show up inside one-on-one -on -one relationships. Um, and as you've already mentioned, how you relate to other people's values and resources, um, equally to your highest potential, uh, how you then go about engaging with groups out in the world in terms of um, paths of service or the global consequence. And then the beautiful 12th house, which is the ending of things, but also the pre-birth um, arena as well, that is all the stuff that we can't control in life. You know, the stuff that causes us a lot of suffering and we, it's only out of the suffering can something new emerge. And it often makes no logical sense at all, you know. So mm. there's the whole spectrum of those arenas active inside the houses of the archetypal wheel. And then you've got oppositions and triads you know oppositions being two houses opposite each other in the chart they have a, a particular dialogue together and then you've got triads that have a particular dialogue together so like houses one five and nine who am i what are my gifts what's my relationship to the divine you know so 
Mm. There's different um, ways of reading the, the chart. There's different um, at any given moment. I like to explain it as, um, you know, it's like living in an eco-village and you've got 12 houses in the eco-village and each archetype lives at one of those houses. But it doesn't mean they don't have pyjama parties at each other's houses or they get together and bitch and moan and tell each other how bad life is or they get <laughs> together and they empower each other and, you know, try to do creative things as well. It's a living, breathing dynamic. And some of your archetypes won't want to even be speaking to each other. You know, mm. some will get along fabulously, be really harmonious, and then others will have a bit of a uh, kind of relationship of irritation. <laughs> you know, you could imagine something like, um, uh, trying to think of two archetypes that are quite opposite to one another. So something like the hermit and the um, performer. You could imagine mm. if those two were mm. in opposite to one another, what kind of dialogue they would be having rather than perhaps the um, the lover and the... Um, uh, the lover and the, the prostitute who she's all about feelings and emotions and following her intuition, production. you know, there might be a lot more, yeah, synergy in certain archetypes and that, that's okay as well. Um, but it's, it's these stories, these stories that come out with being able to look at the archetypes and watch how is that dynamic playing out in my life in those two particular aspects of um, houses or those three in terms of the triads. Mm. And what it, what it actually, because you've got level one, two, and three, am I correct still? <laughs> yes, I do have level one, two, and three, but my level three students have just finished the year-long journey of transformation and going, we're not going anywhere, what's next? So I'm in the throes of creating now. I don't know that I'll call it a level four, but there we go. We're going on another journey. It's, it's kind of just been yeah, okay. um, that so it's, kind it's, of evolution. Like you said, it's dynamic. <laughs> the archetypes aren't going yeah. anywhere. They're, they're evolving. Um, so yeah. each one layers itself self beautifully. Um, mm. And like you said, I, I feel like everyone steps into the next level as and as when they're ready, and I'm definitely going to go and do yeah. level, level two once I finish my Ayurvedic studies. Um, but I just find that it is the best gift to give yourself hands down. And I, you know, for clients of mine that are really sort of ready and ripe to really start to claim, claim who they are in the world and also claim, claim all of themselves back from those patterns. Sort of, you know, our energy mm. can be leaked so much in these archetypes when they're not, mm. when you're not conscious of them and when you're not, aware of how much is being leaked through the shadow of them as well and the patterning and the mm. cycling of them. Um, so I definitely, it's something that I definitely encourage clients that I feel are ready in, in it. And, and I guess because I've done the level one already, you know, you look, you'll get what you need out of anything, right? So mm. what mm. you put in, you'll get out and you'll always claim something for yourself in the process of so i i can't i can highly recommend sonny's programs and and i can also highly recommend sonny as a facilitator and her ability to hold space and support you through it is is next to none it's just phenomenal um it, it's a real blessing especially when you're moving through such deep deep work that can be dark but it also can be funny and light the archetypes have a lot of good sense mm -hmm. of humor and um, <laughs> you do some great archetypal meditations, which I find absolutely hilarious whenever you go and do a meditation and who wants to pop in and it gets a little bit rowdy in those meditations. I have to say, Sonny, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, the whole thing about the archetypes as well, love, is that they are impersonal. So if you can depersonalize in a sense your patterns and look at it, look at it as an archetypal pattern, it actually becomes quite hilarious when you see yourself playing this out. <laughs> okay, right, there we go. There's my victim. <laughs> yeah. So it takes the, the weight off it really, you know. And you also too, once you move through a number of these cycles, you know, like we're not perfect, we might move through them a few times. Mm. Um, in that patterning alone, um, as you spoke to before, I just started to notice I was on repeat. I listened to the words that would come out of my, my mouth to my husband or to a friend around the situation. And I would listen really clearly because 
there was a lot of information for me on that sort of unconscious subconscious level of really what was playing out for me and and as I listened to it I could sort of reframe it back and hear myself back and go oh you're you're repeating that again Prue it's the sort of the same dialogue a little bit like you said like my saboteur would say one thing then my victim would chime in and say another thing and then maybe my prostitute would come in and have her last say and it was Mm. it was very much a patterning in my thought process or in my speech um but from all of that I could really sit and identify my needs, each person, each archetype's needs. And once I could identify all the needs of my archetypes of why, what they really needed from that situation and what they need from me, it was like, like they sort of like, it was just like, oh, breath of fresh air. (laughs) Finally, Prue, you're listening. Finally, Prue. We can sort of move forward and, um, yeah, and, and, and have more to give. Like you said, you, you have more energy coming back inward to, to live your purpose, to live your highest potential. Um, you move yeah. through situations so much quicker and yeah, you don't leak so much energy in the process of going around and doing collateral damage, you know, fix-ups. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing too, Prue, and I, I guess, you know, why I'm so passionate about this work as well is it's, it's having the map that allows you to, to get traction on the change and, you know, um, fulfill on the destiny that's, that's imprinted into your being. It's written into the, the fibres of your soul, just mm. waiting. Yeah, so it's it's purification process. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sonny, I can't believe your power. <laughs> yes, unleashing, unleashing mm. that beautiful divine power that's within. Mm. I, um, I can't believe it's already time. I could talk archetypes with you <laughs> all day, every day. Um, just before we, we leave, I'd love to just do what I call this sort of like a last minute quick firing questions just to, yeah, just see what arises um, for those listening and any gems of wisdom or any recommendations mm. that come through. So just closing down the eyes and just going to ask firstly, if you were to bring three words to describe 2018, what would they be? Adventure. Deep diving. And excitement. Well, I can say you probably had a better year than some others. <laughs> oh, I just have a different take on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true that, true that. Yeah. Um, beautiful. And when you feel into 2019, what's three words that you sense? Oh, my God. Um, alive. Breathtaking. And awesome. Oh, for awesome. (laughs) How good. So everyone, as you said, is here to live out their destiny if they choose. Mm. What do you believe yours is? (laughs) So I believe destiny is not just a calling. Um, I think that's one aspect of of, um, our destiny. But for me, destiny is who am I being? Uh, in each moment because each moment is um, what matters. Mm -hmm. So who am I being in each moment? Beautiful. And through your life's experience, what is the greatest message that you've received that you'd like to share with others? Be who you came here to be. Life's precious. We have a really short time here and we undervalue ourselves so critically. Be who you came here to be. Don't go to the grave with those gifts in the treasure box. And is there any book in particular that you feel if others want to read, maybe around archetypes, around sacred contracts that you could recommend? Yeah, totally. Of course, Carolyn Mace's um, Sacred Contracts book. 
<laughs> would be the one you'd, you'd want to. Um, but if you enrol in the level one course, you get the book as part of the course. <laughs> so win-win. Um, might be a bit of... Yeah, it is. And a set of archetype cards, I might add. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so uh, that being said, those that want to learn more about Sonia's work and what she's offering for 2019, head over to her website, www www.soulconversations.co.nz. Am I right, Sonny, in that? I am? Yes, you are. Yep. I did your website. I should know. And <laughs> and look at, look at next year's courses. And as I, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, really, I'm really encouraging everyone to invest in themselves. In, at least if there's one thing you can do for 2019 to invest in yourself, invest in your self-growth, your personal development, your self-inquiry you know make that commitment and honor that really whatever it takes whatever the cost i'm not saying to break the bank but you can make it work if you truly truly align mm. with it um and you can you know i mean look like anything i'm sure reach out to sonny via her contact page if you've got any questions and yeah. she'll be more than happy to to support you with any inquiries i'm sorry just pimping yeah. you here sonny <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. And I was going to say, look, and anybody who wants to jump on and have a, you know, free half an hour with me, just, just get in touch and um, you can contact me through the, the website and just say, hey, I heard you mention the free half an hour cell conversation. I'd really love to talk with you. And then we can tee up some time, have a chat and you can ask me any questions and I can talk to you a little bit more about the work and how it's relevant to what you're dealing with. Yeah, beautiful. And just lastly, when you feel into your heart, what is one word that arises? Love. <laughs> I love asking that question because it's always the same answer. <laughs> Such a beautiful, how beautiful is that? Like of all the places where we feel into our heart, we feel love and it's so true. Um, well, I have loved chatting to you and thank you again for making the space and, um, and just sharing what it is that you do and how you show up in the world with all of us. I am forever grateful for you showing up in my world. And for those of you that want to maybe connect in with me or have any further questions around how we can support you in 2019 through the Zen or even through my, my professional therapy work, please reach out. I'm always here to connect. Um, info at zencollective.com.au. Thank you so much again, Sonny, uh, for your time and your energy. My pleasure, sweetie. Thank you so much for creating the space and having, having me on the podcast. It's been, um, as always, such an amazing opportunity for you and I to connect as well. I know. Any excuse to have a chin wag, I say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, beautiful people listening. Um, have a gorgeous week leading up to the festive season. As always, take care, create some space and keep it real. Lots of love now. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Zen Collective's Soulful Pep Talks at zencollective.com.au. Until next time, be kind and keep it real. <laughs>